If you want the latest news in technology, reviews of great new tech hardware and software, along with helpful tech tips, then Tech Brood with Greg Doig is the podcast for you and everyone that loves tech. Welcome back to the Tech Brood Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Doig. This is where you'll get news, reviews, how-tos, and tech help each week. I often add bonus episodes with short tech tips and breaking news throughout the week. This week, first up, we'll talk more about dealing with a slow-moving Windows 11 computer and some talk about help with Outlook and Microsoft 365 with some useful tips while using it. Following that, we'll have some of the top tech news stories of this past week and some with helpful tips right with inside the stories for a little extra bonus there. Then we'll cover some options for choosing a wireless charger. And finally, we'll do a brief review of a photo application called Luminar Neo, of which I will be doing a further in-depth review later on. That's what's coming up on Tech Brood, so stay tuned. Get ready to get your Tech Brood just the way you like. First up today is a guide to dealing with a slow-running Windows 11 computer, followed by some helpful info for users of Microsoft 365 Outlook. Here are the eight tips for a slow-running Windows 11 computer. Number one, check the hard drive's free space. The more free space you have, the better your computer will perform. Two, check for malware and viruses with an antivirus program or a third-party utility. Three, defragment your hard drive to improve its performance. Do this on a regular basis. Four, make sure that you're using the latest version of Windows 11. Five, Update your graphics driver to improve performance in games and other graphics-intensive programs. And also update your drivers for all your connected devices. Six, disable any unnecessary programs that automatically start when you turn on your computer. Seven, turn off indexing of your hard drive to speed up searches. Eight, clean out your browser's cache to speed up web browsing. And a utility that has had a long run and is great for lots of maintenance tasks with PCs and Macs, is CCleaner. You can find it at their website, cclear.com. That's CCleaner. And also be careful, as always, when you download apps from the Internet, if you do a Google search looking for them, a lot of sites, especially popular programs like this, will have malicious sites set up to trick people into downloading from their site. So again, the company that makes CCleaner is called Piriform, P-I-R-I-F-O-R-M, but they use the domain name ccleaner.com for the downloads for that particular utility. And if you haven't turned on system protection on your computer, which is a good thing to have, this is what you need to do. To turn on system protection in the search box, on the taskbar, go ahead and type create a restore point. Then select create a restore point from the list of results. Next, on the System Protection tab, you'll click Configure, then go ahead and toggle Select Turn On System Protection and click OK. Here's another note to remember if you do have to do a restore. Restoring from a restore point won't affect your personal files, but it will remove apps, drivers, and updates that were installed after the restore point was created. System Restore works for changes made in the last 7 to 14 days. And if push comes to shove and you need to, to restore your PC from a restore point, go ahead and follow these steps. Select Search on the taskbar, type Advanced System, then select View Advanced System Settings from the list of results. On the System Protection tab, 
select System Restore. Then select Recommended Restore to go with the most recent restore point Windows has made automatically, or choose a different restore point to select one yourself, then select Next. If you choose to select a different restore point, select one, then select Next. Either way, select Finish to begin restoring. Once the restore is completed, restart your PC and see if performance has improved. The new Windows 11 operating system provides many new features designed to make the computer run faster and smoother. However, it's not uncommon for new operating systems to come with new issues. One of the biggest issues is running it on an older computer, as what happens with most big Windows updates. If that's the case with you, then you may want to upgrade your computer. And if you decide to and you want to keep the old one and try something new from Google on it, it's called Chrome OS Flex, which they say will modernize your old computer. I did a recent review of this new beta offering from Google for Chrome OS Flex on a TechBrew Tech Tip a few days ago. You can check the listings at the website to hear more about that. Okay, next up in our coverage of topics to help you with your quest towards bit literacy is some help with the Outlook email application. Microsoft Outlook is one of the most popular email applications out there today, but some users may find the system complex and difficult to use. So we're going to try to make it easier by suggesting the best practices for using Outlook in some cases. So with your email and Outlook, you can send, receive, and manage emails. The calendar application part of it helps you keep track of appointments and events using Outlook's built-in calendar. Outlook also puts you in control of privacy. Microsoft says they protect your privacy by giving you easy-to-use controls and clear choices. Microsoft is transparent about their data collection and use so that you can make informed decisions about what information you share. They say they do not use your email, calendar, or other personal content to serve you targeted advertising. They collect data that they use to benefit your experience and make your life easier, again, according to Microsoft. Outlook works around the clock to protect your data, they say. It protects your data while you're sending emails. It protects your data when you store it in OneDrive. And it protects your data when you open an attachment. So for those that may not be familiar, which probably are only a few, Outlook is an email program designed to help you stay organized. You can locate messages, people, and other items using search. You can share your availability with others. You can simplify scheduling by sharing your availability with them. You can prioritize your tasks with Microsoft To Do, which is also built into Outlook. Collaboration tools are easy to use. You can talk in real time with Skype while working together on documents with others. And Microsoft designed Outlook to be your most accessible inbox. With easy to use voice activated navigation, built in accessibility features and more. And here's some more help for both mobile and desktop versions of Outlook as follows. Here we go. Cortana is integrated into Outlook Mobile. You can listen to new emails while driving using your car phone. You can also manage them using your voice. You can use your hands free to mark as read, flag, delete, or reply to an email. Cortana helps you stay more organized by letting you know about changes to meetings and events on your calendar. And a cluttered inbox can be very difficult to navigate. The focused inbox makes it easier to sort through emails quickly. You can also easily switch between a focused and an unfocused inbox. The focused inbox learns how you organize your email 
and uses this information to improve the quality of your inbox. It also learns about you as you use it. And we know we waste time in meetings, especially these days. And Outlook helps you take away the inefficiency by scheduling yet another meeting. You can easily share your calendars with others, such as colleagues or partners. You can also see who else is available and decide if you want to invite them to join your meetings. When scheduling meetings or events, you can use the scheduler assistant to create an event on your calendar. You can then add the people who need to be there, and you can select a specific time by dragging and dropping it onto the calendar. And this makes sure that everyone's free, and you can book it once you do. And for example, if you mention someone by the name of Jane, when you add mention Jane in the email message, she'll be notified that you've referenced her in your message. Other people who at mention you in messages will also receive notification. This feature allows you to know at a glance what action needs to be taken. And as an example, in a dating app, you should swipe right or left to vote on a potential date. You can also use the same method to mark emails as read or unread. You can flag messages as important or junk mail, or you can archive them. And Do Not Disturb helps you focus on what's important at the time. You can use it to block out distractions while working or studying. You can also set up a Do Not Disturb window that starts automatically when you log into work or school. An inbox overload is real. You need to manage your inboxes better. You need to be more organized and you need to learn how to use your email effectively. So you can get that help from Cortana. And you can also get help by going to the website support.microsoft.com. And to go on, Microsoft says... You've got a lot of things to do, so create a separate calendar for each area of your life. This helps you see what's important and how everything fits together. If you have too many tasks to complete, create a task list for each day. You can also create a folder for each project you are working on. Use labels to group similar items. Keep track of deadlines and follow-ups. Use reminders to keep you on top of things. You can organize your contacts by industry or job title. Get rid of old files and folders. And make a note of any documents you need to reference later. And use filters. You should create separate calendars for each part of your life. This helps you see what you're doing and when. You can color code your calendars too. And you can customize the start date to suit your schedule better. You can do this by changing your working hours. Navigate to settings. Set your working hours to change the time blocks shown on your calendar. And there are many more things you can do in Outlook. And a great first stop again. To look for tips and support is at support.microsoft.com. Coming up next on Tech Brood, some tech news. Coming up now, we have a couple of headline stories from tech news this past week. First article is about a security feature or offering from Google. Google offered to pay up to $91,337 for people who discover exploits of new Linux and Kubernetes bugs. Google raised the reward for its KCTF exploit focus vulnerability bounty focusing on Linux kernel zero-day flaws. And they changed some rules. Google will pay between $20,000 and $91,337 to researchers who create exploits of vulnerabilities in the Linux kernel, the Kubernetes container management system, and Google Cloud's Kubernetes engine. This builds on the three-month bounty Google introduced in November, where it tripled rewards for exploits against new and previously unknown Linux kernel bugs. 
The idea was that the crowd would uncover new kernel exploitation techniques for services running on Kubernetes in the cloud in particular. You can read more about this story at ZDNet.com. It was published on February 15th by Liam Tung. And next up, a story from OSXDaily.com, where the headline read, How to Make Brave the Default Web Browser on Your Mac. It was written by Paul Horowitz, who wrote, As the Brave Web Browser gains popularity, Brave users and privacy-centric Mac users may wish to adjust the default web browser and Mac OS to Brave. It's super easy to do, he writes, on the Mac. So here's how it works. If you're unfamiliar, Brave is another cross-platform web browser option, but what makes Brave unique is the focus on privacy with a variety of privacy-first features. This includes things like built-in tracker blocking and ad blocking, which not only can help protect your privacy on the web, he writes, but also can really speed up your web browsing experience since a bunch of extraneous stuff doesn't get loaded. The Brave browser is based on Chromium, which is the open source version of Chrome, but it's been modified enough to make it a unique browser and to remove the tracking components and ads that are allowed within Chrome. You'll need to get Brave browser by going to the website https colon double slash brave.com before you can use it as a default web browser on a Mac. So you need to go download it first if you haven't already and if you decide this is something you want to do. So here are the steps for making Brave the default web browser in Mac OS via system preferences. You can set Brave as the default browser directly through system preferences. You go and you click on the Apple menu, the top left of your screen, and go to System Preferences, select General, then look for Default Web Browser, and click the Selection menu, choosing Brave as the web browser to become the default on the Mac. After that, any links open from other apps on the Mac will launch into Brave automatically, rather than Safari or whatever your default browser is set to right now. You can also set Brave as the default browser directly from the Brave browser itself. When you first launch the app, it will give you the option. Otherwise, do the following. Pull down the Brave menu from within Brave and go to Preferences. Under Getting Started tab, choose Make Default. Then all links will now redirect to the Brave browser. And if any time you want to switch and change back to the Mac default browser, which is Safari, you do that by going back to System Preferences, General, Default Web Browser, and then pick Safari or whatever web browser you choose. Brave is also available to set as the default browser on iPhones and iPads if you want to use it across all your platforms. And it's also available for Windows if you have a PC. Coming up next on Tech Brood, tech tips and the how-to section for this week. We're now going to talk about wireless chargers and how to choose them and a few facts in a brief review. Wireless mobile phone chargers are chargers that allow you to charge your phone without having to plug it in. They work by using electromagnetic fields to transfer energy from the charger to the phone. All of this without a single flux capacitor, pun intended for those Back to the Future fans. This means that you don't have to be near a plug socket in order to charge your phone, which is useful if you're traveling or if you don't have any plugs near where you want to charge your phone. However, if you're looking for something that works well with your phone, make sure that it's QI certified. QI is pronounced Qi. Products marked as QI certified have passed rigorous independent laboratory tests for safety, 
interoperability and energy efficiency. Alternative claims like QI compliant, QI compatible, or works with QI suggests a product has not undergone proper QI certification testing. Look for a charger that is compatible with your phone and you can check the website wirelesspowerconsortium.com for more. Also, check out what kind of power the charger provides. Most chargers provide 10 watts of charging power for Android devices and 7.5 watts for iPhones. There are many 3-in-1 charging cables available that can charge multiple devices at once. However, you'll pay extra for them. One of the best wireless chargers recommended for most people is the Belkin Boost Up Wireless Charging Stand. You can use it with your phone or tablet in both landscape and portrait orientations. It charges up to 10 watts and lets you rest your phone in either position. It's compatible with iPhones and Samsung phones. And if you're using Apple products, then the best wireless charger for them is probably Apple's own MagSafe charger. It automatically attaches to your phone and provides fast 15 watts of charging power. And if you're looking to charge multiple devices at once, then the best wireless chargers, according to multiple reviews, are the Logitech Power Dock and the Nomad Base Station. Although they both cost over $100, they have pretty good looks, and they give you access to three different ports at once. That is your Tech Brood how-to in a brief review. Coming up next on Tech Brood, our tech products review section for this week. In this week's review section, we're going to talk about a photo editing application, which is new from the company Skylum. You can visit their website at skylum.com. And they just released a new version of their editing program, and it's called Luminar Neo, N-E-O. With Luminar Neo, you can explore the tools that can bring your boldest ideas to life, according to Skylum. They call it a creative image editor to fulfill your ideas. It's a creative image editor to bring your ideas to life with over 100 classic and AI-based solutions for professional results. And the features that they have in it right now are face AI, body AI, glow, portrait, bokeh, structure AI, super contrast, composition AI, details, Denoise, Enhanced AI, Sky AI, Augmented Sky AI, Sunrays, Landscape, Atmosphere AI, Color, and Dramatic Light. And to just cover a few of the features with Face AI, they say using face recognition technology, the Face AI tool selectively targets a subject's face, eyes, and mouth and makes them vivid, bright, and smooth in less than five minutes instead of 40 minutes with classic retouching, texture, and brushes. And the Skin AI feature, it says the Skin AI tool analyzes your image and can automatically enhance and retouch a person's skin to make it smoother and remove glare, pimples, and pores. You get complete control over how the content-aware adjustments are applied. And Body AI shapes a subject's torso and abdomen. AI contours the human body and its individual proportions, so there's no need to select the shape manually. This tool easily compensates for lens issues or unflattering angles. And the last I'll touch on is Glow. The Glow tool adds luminescence and focus to your photos, 
producing a unique look that's both sharp and blurry at the same time. It's perfect for objects with smooth surfaces and portraits, and you can even choose the type of soft focus. I'll go into an in-depth review later on and post that separately so you can get all the details of Luminar and it'll also give me some time to try it out myself. I currently own Luminar AI, not the Luminar Neo product, which we were talking about. I also had Luminar 4 and their Aurora HDR product, and I belong to a membership program that they have that gives you additional tutorials and other things you can add to the applications that you own from Skylum. So I'll have more details about that later too. So there's your quick tech review for this week from Tech Brood. Well, this ends this week's show, but yes, we will work to bring you more and hope you enjoyed another episode of Tech Brood, where we talk about getting your tech brood just the way you like it. I'm Greg Doig, and thank you for listening.